Be Brave. That's the name of our new sermon series, and it's really more than that. It's our theme for this whole fall semester and every sermon series that flows from this sermon series. We're going to challenge ourselves as a staff, as a community of faith, and our personal lives to step up and be brave, and in a new way, maybe in a, in a different way, be who God's called us to be and do some work that God has called us to do that's a little different and that's a step above the normal, the status quo that we're used to. I enjoyed spending a lot of time in Jonah. In a lot of ways, I feel like this is an appropriate sermon series after Jonah because the more and more I spent time in Jonah and was frustrated about Jonah, I was, I was really more frustrated with myself. I was a little embarrassed as to how much of myself I saw in Jonah. And so now we're moving forward and be brave as we think about what that means for us. I, I want us to our takeaway throughout this series to be more than just this imperative, be brave. Because we've all been in those circumstances and situations, angry, frustrated, anxious, stressed, and someone says to us, just why, why don't you just calm down? Why are, you so, why, why are you so angry? Why don't you just be brave? Like, and it exacerbates the problem. It doesn't make it better. So we, we need more of a takeaway in this sermon series than just this phrase, be brave. I, I want us to I want us to have some definition and some encouragement as to what that might look like for us. So it's not that easy. It'd be easier if we had, uh, Adam, go ahead and play. If we had something like this in our life, in our ear, when the moments came, this, this might help if we had something like this. Maybe. this phone call? Like, should I do more with this phone call? Should I? <laughs> that task, that meeting, that person in your life that keeps coming to mind, keeps coming to mind, should I? Should, like, yes, now. Now I should. All right, that's good. The Avengers. The Avengers, Rocky, John Williams soundtrack, right? The, the big climactic heroic moment in the movie. If we just had the soundtrack playing in the background, if it could just be cued and come on and help us know right when we're supposed to step up and go a little bit above our comfort zone, <laughs> do a little bit more, man, that would be nice. But life doesn't work that way. So... Throughout this series, we're going to try to figure out and challenge ourselves, like, how, how, how do we know when and, and what are we supposed to do and what does this look like? Because to follow Jesus like, requires bravery. It really does. To, to go out into the world, to be light in the midst of darkness, to forgive, to, to share the love of Christ, to love enemies, to listen to some of the people we got to listen to requires bravery. So that's, that's all kind of in the background as, as we move forward in this series. Because to be brave, another little qualifier for us, to be brave doesn't mean in earmuffs, I apologize if this is an inappropriate word, stupid. Be brave doesn't mean be stupid, right? Doesn't mean doesn't mean that. I, we, we were getting ready for our worship services today and we had a worship meeting and poor Dylan, who is one of our worship leaders, just voices struggling. And he tried really hard in practice and, and Mr. Croft just said, just having fun with him, I'll oh, be brave. You can suck it up. You can do it. And it's just his voice, he's recovering from a sickness, like he can't do it. It's, it's dumb for him to try and do it. And I've seen a lot of those videos of people base jumping and pulling, like we're not talking about doing something really, 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 really stupid. 
stupid. So we need to distinguish that at the outset, that, that be brave is, is specific to who God has called us to be and what God specifically has called us to do. So to take some cues this morning, we're going to look at the book of Joshua. We're going to be in chapter 1 and look at the very beginning of Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Joshua knows a few things about being brave. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, this isn't news to Joshua. <laughs> So in Deuteronomy chapter 3, the book before, Deuteronomy chapter 31, Moses and Joshua know this succession plan is going to take place. They know that this, God has planned for this to happen, this handoff and leadership. But yet in the wisdom of God, God knows that Joshua needs to hear this word, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, the most significant leader really in Israel's histories, led them through the most significant period of their life, save for God becoming incarnate in Jesus. This is the most significant leader in the history of Israel. And leaders can cast a pretty big shadow. It's easy to look at the leadership of Moses and just try to lean on that. It's easy to look behind sometimes in our life and rely on the past or, or lean on the past. We live in the shadows of certain people. And, and there's a lot of things God could be saying to Joshua, but this reminder is more than just telling him something he already knew. I mean, poor Poor Moses ends his life. His life ends without him getting to go into the promised land, even though Moses asked God to walk through it. Can I just walk through it my whole life? I've been, I've been telling the people of Israel of this promise. And God says, no, it's not your time, Moses. Moses doesn't get to walk through the promised land. He only gets to see it from a distance, from up above. That it's Joshua's time. In Joshua's time, the people of Israel will be led into the promised land. And I think part of what, what God is reminding Joshua of here in the Israelites, that, that there's a time in our life that we have to be reminded that we can look behind and we, look, we can hold on to the past and it can be to our detriment. And that we look at what was, it keeps us from seeing what can be and this future that's full of promise. The past isn't supposed to be repeated. And looking over our shoulder can keep us from what was instead of leaning into the reality of the future that God has for us. Looking over our shoulder into the past keeps us from living into the promise of today and the hope of a more glorious future that God may have in store for us. It's definitely the case here in the book of Joshua. Our focus has to shift. I mean, it's well and good, and we should remember the faithfulness of Moses and the faithfulness of God in Moses' leadership. But Moses isn't leading anyone any more. And yet so much of our life can be lived in the shadow of someone else, someone who's had a significant impact on our life. So much of Israel could be living in the shadow of Moses's leadership. They're holding, they're living in the midst of dead things. And for many of us, it could be past failures, 
bankrupt endeavors, regrets, hurt feelings. We look over our shoulder in life and we hold on to certain things. We carry them with us and it keeps us. It keeps us. Holding on to those things keeps us from stepping forward and seeing a promise and a more glorious future that God has for us, that God has planned for us. These things don't have the power to determine our destiny anymore unless we let them, but we've got to let those things go if we're living amongst the dead. Those times, those people, those places that are gone, they're gone. Moses is dead. Is God encouraging us to take responsibility for our lives? At some point, we've got to quit complaining and blaming other people for the situation and the circumstance that we are in, and we've got to take responsibility and move forward. And maybe your problem isn't holding on and looking to the past, but it's leadership. How long have the people in your life been waiting on you to lead? That there's there's a new territory. There's a new environment that you're supposed to step into. Your lanes are changing and, and it's time for you to lead in a way that was previously done by someone else in your family and your church, in, the, in your company. And that now this change in leadership happens and Israel has to understand that they've got to follow Joshua and his vision and the new future that God has for them. And maybe for some of us, the question isn't looking to the past and maybe that's not our problem and letting go of things, but it's, it's taking leadership. I remember the first time I ever was asked to do a graveside ceremony and it scared me to death. I had all these feelings. I had to learn this lesson on being brave and having these feelings of fear and yet having to rise above them and lead. I didn't know what a graveside ceremony was. I had no idea what that was. But the senior pastor went on vacation and this family called me up and asked me to do it. And I didn't know what to do. And I remember having those feelings, but yet Moses is dead. Senior pastor's gone. <laughs> I was asked to do it, so I did it. Are there people in your life waiting on you to lead them? Now then, so God's word to Joshua is Moses is dead. Now, now then. Now then you and all these people get ready Get ready to cross into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. Preparation. So Israel's got to be prepared and ready because what is about to happen is very significant. And the most significant moments in our lives, those thresholds that we cross, those big events require us to be ready and require us to be prepared. Those major decisions, we've got to be ready and be prepared for those times in our lives. And part of the preparation for Israel is simply belief. This is, they got to believe this is the future God's leading them into. They got to believe in what's about to happen, even though it hasn't happened yet. And, and to the Israelites, they may see this reality and hear it in the way that the population around Noah heard that the water was going to come, that the flood was going to happen. It's like, really? Yeah, right. And, and Noah, in his faith, believed in advance and prepared for the flood. And the Israelites have been living a long time in slavery and they've been wandering a long time in the wilderness. And Moses has been a really, really, really great leader and hasn't led him into the promised land. And now, really, we're gonna go in to the promised land? Israel's gotta believe. They gotta believe in order to be ready. We have to believe. 
in order to be prepared, in order to be ready, in order to let the past go. You have to believe in the promise. In order to, in order to step into, you have to believe that you're called to lead. You gotta believe in it if you're gonna do it. God is saying, get ready because of what I'm about to do. What I'm about to do. It's not happened yet, but, but you gotta believe this is what's coming. You gotta trust me that much in what I'm about to do. And in this preparation, in this readiness, so I think we get this when, it, when it's up to us and taking big steps and taking big tests and planning a wedding and performing something. Like when it's on us, we get that we gotta be ready. We gotta prepare. We gotta do certain things. But when it's in the midst of, of God's control, like when, when it's something that, that, you know, we don't see a lot of value in preparing for what God is about to do because, because he's God. Like God says, let there be light and there's light. And if something doesn't happen, well, then God must didn't, he must have not wanted it to happen if, if it didn't happen. And the problem with that line of thinking for us is, is God as much as he can doesn't choose to operate primarily independent of you and me. That God has chosen to take the risk of relationship and cooperation and calls us to step up and calls us to seek him and to know and to believe and be ready. And when we don't, we stall his kingdom building project because in the mystery of God's will, in the wisdom of God, he's chosen people like you and me to be ready and to be prepared and to believe. And we've got to do that because of the landscape and because of the terrain of our life. Like what he says next is, is pretty amazing that Israel's got to be ready for what they're going to step into because it's a different reality. It's a different world than they've previously lived into. God says, I will give you every place you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. It's a vast landscape. It's wild and it's foreign. And you gotta be ready to handle that. You gotta believe in order to be prepared. You gotta believe in order to be ready to handle all this or we're not gonna be able to, to endure the wrong turns and falling into the pits and the snakes and, and the borders that we don't understand and the people who will oppose us, who wanna keep God's people from entering into this land that God will give them. It's hard enough to discern the will of God. That's a hard part. But when we know, when we know God's word for us, when we know God's will for us and what he's called us to do, then he gives us those places where we set our feet. He says, I will give you every place you set your foot. Nothing can keep us from accomplishing God's will. We've got to be ready to go into those environments in our schools, in our workplaces, in the rhythm of God's will. Especially in the midst of incredible opposition we face, he says, he will give us those places that we set our feet. His favor is upon us. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor 
forsake you. So what's changed here for Israel is leadership. We go from Moses to Joshua. But what hasn't changed is God's character and what God's word has been and will continue to be throughout scripture. This, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But I think what keeps us from moving forward, what keeps us from looking ahead instead of staring behind, we know the fear of failure. I think we all can struggle with that. We all understand the fear of failure and the problem some of us have with that, that we're afraid the past is going to repeat itself. So we have a hard time of letting go of our failure and of our mistakes. But I think another fear that we don't often identify that can keep us, again, from moving into and living into the future that God has called us to live into is the fear of success. I think some of us actually have this fear even though we don't often identify it. The fear of success, that if we're successful, there's a larger responsibility that's upon us. There's maybe more and more that we have to manage and more people, our authority rises. And the decisions that we make have greater and greater effect. And there's an increase in the stakes at play as our authority increases and as we have more and more success. And in success, perhaps, we don't get as much time to ourselves and our own personal daily comforts. And we have more time on the job of parenting and more time on the job in our new promoted role, more time that we have to volunteer in the midst of success. Part of the fear of success is the, is the general fear of the unknown. What, what happens if we're successful? And we don't know necessarily all the ramifications. And so we're afraid. Are you afraid of success? If you do, like any fear in the midst of failure, in the midst of success, whatever your fears are, I think God challenges us with his word and his reminder that he's always with us, that we have to remember his perfect love for us, that he's not going to forsake us in our fear. And we have to remember that and allow that to motivate us to get to work, even when our feelings aren't there, when we don't feel valuable, when we don't really feel motivated to, to get up, when we feel like maybe someone else can do the job better, our feelings can betray us and our feelings can undermine us. And, and I think what, what God's word here is for Joshua in part is not to be ruled by your feelings because you're going to be in the midst of all kinds of circumstances and situations and terrain that's foreign to you and not familiar to you. And you've got to remember who God has called you to be and what God has called you to do because you're going to be in an, in an environment where those reminders aren't going to be ready they're not going to be quick at your disposal and your feelings can betray you all the days of your life. All the days of your life. All the days of your life, no one will stand against you. Now, in understanding success, I think we have to remember sometimes success leads to suffering. <laughs> like sometimes when we're in the midst of suffering, we've been successful. There are competitions that we'll lose in this life. You know, there's, there's times when it seems like the wicked are gonna prosper right in front of us. Where, you know, the people who have no business bringing children into this world seem to have all the kids in the world. 
And yet how many God-fearing marriages can't? There's going to be times when our circumstances seem to say that, that we've lost, that God isn't with us, that God isn't for us. And, and what God is saying here in his promise, in his word for us, is that in the end, ultimately, through it all, the gates of hell, the wages of sin and death aren't going to prevail in the end. Like, we know the end of the story. We know how that goes. We know that we're promised trouble in this life. That even when we think about all the situations in our life and in history, the early martyrs of the church who lost their life being obedient to Christ, the times when righteous and just men and women lost their lives throughout history doing God's work, that God's truth still marches on. And then in the mysteriousness of our suffering, that in the way, at least as far as the early martyrs understood it, as they were obedient to Christ, they understand that that reality and their faithfulness, their readiness to do and to be faithful to the gospel, even if it jeopardized their own life, that that reality, that that truth of God's promised future, the glory of fellowship and communion with God was more real than any contemporary situation, than any temporary circumstance. They saw their life in light of the end, in light of the end. So be strong and courageous and let us pray for success. Like that's, that's the thing. I, th I think we're even afraid sometimes to ask God for success because it sounds selfish, but God wants to give us success. He's, he's, he's given it to us. He wants us to ask for success. And when we think about being brave and being courageous in our community called the well, I'm just, I'm just excited to pray for success for us that we continue to get loud and crazy and noisy and more and more people and it gets inconvenient and we have to step over each other. And, and then we're, we're, we've got problems of how to reach more and more people and what that might look like is unknown, but it's exciting. So let us start praying and asking God for success because he wants to give us success. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. It's like we need to hear this a few, few times. He's repeating himself. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that they may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Did you, did you hear that that time? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Perhaps the greatest and most important outcome of success, of our success, is our influence. The more and more success we have, the greater and greater our influence is. And what must grow right alongside your influence that no one else can do for you, but everyone who's been affected by your success needs from you is holiness. Success leads to greater influence, but 
if we have influence without holiness, then, then we're doomed to be corrupt. We're bound, we're bound to end up in corruption. Holiness must grow right alongside our success. It's holiness that is the catalyst in terms of our understanding of success as far as God is concerned, our holiness has to grow and be the catalyst for that success. And God instructs Joshua in this way. I mean, this is the soundtrack, this process of holiness, this process of keeping God's word on our lips to give people words of hope and the good news of salvation. This meditating and praying without ceasing and reflecting on who God's called us to be and to be doers of the word, to apply it in our lives. This process, this process is the, is the soundtrack. It's the Avengers music. This is the process that keeps us ready, that keeps our eyes looking forward. Have I not commanded you, God says. Have I not commanded you. I know who you are. I know what you've been through. I know what you're capable of despite all the fears that you have. And I have said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Have I not commanded you? So the question for us as we think about being courageous, being brave, what that means for us, first and foremost, I think is this question. Is the voice of God sovereign in your life? Is the voice of God sovereign in your life? Or is God's voice and God's word just a long list, one of many? <laughs> is it one word in the midst of a bunch of words and a bunch of noise in our lives? Or is his voice and his word above all others? I don't pretend to know what be strong and courageous means for you right now in this season. But what, what I wanna make sure that we do each and every week, especially through this sermon series, is to, again, get beyond just some vague notion of what, of what this is. Yeah, I know I've gotta be brave. And, and I want us to make sure each and every week, this week, for this sermon series in particular, that there's, there's some application piece, there's some challenge piece for us. And so the value that we lift up throughout this sermon series that our church, that it's one of the, the, our five values of our church is everyone has a next step. I know you guys, that's not news to you. Many of you have heard this all the time. Everyone has a next step. But this value of our church is really, I think, appropriate for, for this sermon series of Be Brave. And that we're all on this faith journey and what is our next step? So one challenge I have for myself and I have for you this week is to do something hard. Without a lot of modifiers, without a lot of instruction to that, do something hard. And there's one, just one other little point of instruction. And I'll ask you about it. We won't, we won't, you know, I'll get specific, right? But I'll ask you about it next week and I'll be honest about myself. Do something hard. One other, one other point of instruction in that, you don't get to decide what the hard thing is for yourself. But if you're, uh, if you're married, your spouse... If you're not married, then like your closest relationship, if you're under the age of 18, maybe one of your parents, they get to decide what that hard thing is for you this week and try not to do any harm. <laughs> so maybe do no harm and it can't be you who decides what the hard thing is. Be strong and courageous. Let us pray.
holy God in our fear, we sometimes resist responding in ways we, we know deep down you've, you're probably calling us to respond in the phone call, in the meeting, in the person, in the people that keep coming to us, God. Help us. Help us hear your voice. Help us believe. Help us believe that you really do mean what you say when you say you will do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And sometimes that does seem stupid. <laughs> sometimes just... What, what, we, what we believe that you're calling us to do just, just seems impossible, but God, even in that, give us strength. Give us courage that it's not for us, but it's for your name. It is for your glory. It is for your kingdom. That is why we're here. So God, help us. Help us become less so we can become more. and give us some hard things to do. We pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.